Good morning, and welcome to each one. Good to be here. Missed you all last Sunday, although I have to say my, that my day went very fast, and I uh, didn't have a lot of time to think. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, appreciate y'all's prayers for the uh, for my dad. He uh, it's been amazing, different things that he's been going through, and uh, as far as his health is concerned, uh, one thing that has I just I'll share that with you all. Uh, one thing that has probably been the hardest for me to watch him, uh, you know, he's not. I, Dad was always the person we depended on. Although in the last years his health was not as well, and we had to help him some. But uh, the last year, couple of years, last within the last year for sure, I've noticed, and I, I I don't know if I really commented. Well, I did. I know we talked about it with different people. I, you know, Dad just was kind of kind of depressed, kind of discouraged, and my sister, uh, the one where he's staying with, she's on just, on just, just, we were up there, she told me, she said, you know, said, I, I uh, you know, I, I, she said, I enjoy taking, or I, I like taking care of dad, but I don't know how to take care of a depressed dad, because dad was never depressed. That, was not, that wasn't his nature, and, and my children would all probably testify to that. Uh, he wasn't that kind of person. He was always upbeat and, and excited about things. But that has been his experience the last year or so, and I think it's largely because of his failing health and his just his lack of ability to to communicate because of his hearing and, and things like that. But just like two weeks ago, one evening, or maybe it was a little longer than that. I'm not sure what. Well, it would be more than two weeks ago. But it wasn't within the last month or so. He told me, "I'm just having a hard time with faith." Just to trust the Lord. And, and again, you know, Dad don't say that. And the other day after he woke up from his sleep, from, you know, he, they had him drugged out so hard. And once he got up, that was one of the first things he was saying. I, I'm just struggling. I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I don't, I, I'm, not, I just, I'm having a hard time with faith. And uh, here's a man, he next on his birthday is, uh, I think, on Wednesday next week. He'll be 88 years old. And he's struggling with his faith. And so what about you young people here this morning? Here's a man that, is in my memory, as I would have known him, I would have said, he's a man of faith. He trusted the Lord. He, he lived his life serving the Lord. And here I am in my mid-50s, and I'm, you know, yeah, I, yeah. There's sometimes I struggle with faith. And what about the rest of you? Maybe y'all do too. But I would, I had this, you know, I, we have this idea that as we get a little older, things, you know, we get more solid, and things did get that way, and we we can just things will be everything will be okay. But as I I watched him and I noticed him, and I, I realized he was on some pretty hard drugs, and I know he was, you know, they had him drugged out, and and you know, I think some of those things did affect him, but. His comments on faith were before that. And I'm just telling you. And I'm, the reason I'm sharing that with y'all is don't think that the devil is going to give up easy. We've got to work ahead of we, the, the Lord is faithful. I mean, his testimony is, you know, I, you know, after we shared with him, he said, well, he said, I, you know, I have just decided I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to proclaim the promises. I'm going to accept the word of God, get what God has said. 
And I think he did. And I think that's what he's doing. And he's doing a lot better in that line. He's, he's, he, I don't think he's, that, he's struggling with him. I think, I think it was another victory in his life. Now, I didn't come up here to talk about dad, but I just wanted to share that with y'all. It's possible. The devil doesn't give up easy. He will continue to create a problem. He will continue to, to harass. He will continue to try to take you down. But you have to make the choice. When I see an old man laying in his bed on oxygen, almost dying, and he's saying, well, I'm just going to simply trust the promises of God. When I never saw him do anything else all his life, then I know there's still more battles ahead for me too. And I know that it's also possible when I see him get a victory. So let's pray for each other. We are, we need each other. There's no one here in this room this morning that can, that can find his way alone. We have to have God first of all. We have to have him. The devil's destroying to destroy us. Secondarily, we need each other. God has intended, God has set it up so carefully, so, so beautifully for the church to function together and to work in and, and bless each other and encourage each other. Yes, we don't always agree on things. We don't always see eye to eye. We don't always, uh, yeah, there's differences. But let's not forget that we need each other. And that, that's, where, that's where surrender comes and that's where acceptance comes in. That's where we lay down our lives, that, that concept of a living sacrifice we talked about in our Sunday school class. It's an ongoing battle. Let's keep you. Let's seek to do what's right. Again, we thank you for your prayers. Uh, like Larry said, we, we are hoping that he can go home soon. Probably still have to be on oxygen, and and he's not able physically not able to get around very good. But uh, we trust it'll improve. <clears throat> Otherwise, as far as the message this morning, I uh, I will also say this that I enjoyed I. The timing wasn't very good for me, but I really enjoyed being with the youth this past several days. Uh, had a lot of other things that, you know, being gone early in the week, unexpectedly, and then coming home. But I do not uh, regret going with you. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I appreciate you all. Uh, I think we have you have a lot to be thankful for, and don't take that carelessly or for granted. Yeah, we, we were kind of I know, disorganized at times, and maybe we could have done more things than we did, but uh, I, think it was, uh, I think it was good for us. And I do, like I said, I enjoyed it, and I do appreciate you all very much. I want you to know that, and uh, look forward to more times together. We need each other, like we said. Yesterday morning, I told the youth uh, that I shared a scripture with them. And I told him that I'm going to preach from that scripture this morning. And then last night I kind of had some second thoughts. And I wished I wouldn't have told him that because I had a hard time putting that together. My mind kept going in all different kind of bunny trails. But maybe that was good for me um, to make a commitment. Several weeks ago, I don't know, a month or so ago, I had preached a message. I, was, I committed myself to preach out of the Sermon on the Mount. And I had talked about character and how the Beatitudes and how they express and how they, how they describe what godly character is and how we need to, you know, we learn from these things and those, seek those things. 
One of the things that, uh, yeah, like I said, I, my mind went a lot of different ways. But one of the things that I, as I pondered, and I'd like to go back to that just a little bit in, in our minds as we, as we ponder this thing of being blessed. We all want to have a blessing. We want to receive a blessing. We want to be a blessed people. It, it's, of course. There's actually nothing wrong with that. But as I studied Matthew 5 again, and I walked, and we were reading through this in the last while, I, I kept thinking about this and pondering this. I, I have a question. Can we earn a blessing from God? If we just take Matthew 5 for what it is, you know, word for word, and just read down through there, it, it, would, it could. And it may well, if we depend on how we think, we could read down through there, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are they that mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And we would also almost think like we can just do enough of these things, we're going to receive this blessings. And there's a level of truth to that. And I guess that's what I pondered. So can we earn God's blessings? I thought salvation is free. I thought we can't earn anything. We don't deserve anything, do we? So why, why is he saying this? I'd like to read a few verses. And I don't know if I have the answer for that all exactly. I mean, yeah, I think I do in a sense, but. Second Peter, 1 through 9. See, the thought is that this thing, if we, if we get this concept in our mind that we earn God's blessings, and then when we're feeling discouraged, or if we are uh, down and things are not going well, then we immediately start performing. We start doing things to, to get God's blessings back. Is that right or wrong? Well, in one sense, yeah, we should respond. When something's wrong, we need to fix it. We do something about that problem. But God wants to bless you. God desires to do that. And we can't really earn that. that. That's something that we receive because God is God, not because we do everything right. On the other hand, when we are selfish, when we take away, just do our own things and are not willing to give our lives to the Lord, we forfeit, we forfeit that, that blessing, don't we? Is that? <clears throat> the Bible is full of this, this, this challenge for us to, to do things. And in the meantime, the Bible is full of this concept that what God gives us is a gift. Now, do you... Again, I'm, 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 I'm a little careful here. I don't, I don't want to 
But this is some of the circle that I've been, that's been spinning through my mind, and I'm just kind of presenting those. It's kind of like two different questions here. Second Peter, as I'm thinking about this morning, the message that I'm looking at is applying God's character, and we're looking at this, uh, the portion of scriptures after the Beatitudes there in Matthew uh, 5, and, and we're looking at the, the, the six-point times that Jesus said, you have, you, it has been said, but I say unto you. You, 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 you read this, but I say unto you. <clears throat> and, and interestingly, and again, I, I, I found, I, I'm taking this, there's three messages here for sure that I want to take out of this, and I got it out of a, out of a Bible, uh, an outline about this section of Scripture, that, and, and there's a thought pattern there, and I'm trying to follow through that and learn from it myself and share that with you. But in the first one, we talked about the des- describing uh, uh, character, de- describing, finding out what that is, the, the pure in heart. Well, we'll look at that a little bit later. Okay, first, Second Peter chapter 1, these are very familiar verses. Let's read across this. This gives us the thought, I'd like to get our minds thinking towards the concept of the blessing of God and receiving that as a gift and, what, and, and how we respond to it. What do we do with that when we receive these blessings? Are we doing these things so that we receive a blessing? Or do we receive a blessing and do we accept the grace from God and then we respond in these ways? Whereby, in verse, well, let's just start in verse 1, 2 Peter chapter 1. The Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature." having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now notice that he has, he, has, he has given us exceeding great and precious promises and that we through those may be partakers of the divine nature. So that is a heavenly nature, that is a godly nature. We, are, we partake of those in the light of being uh, of his promises. We accept his promises, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Now here we, this is what I'm, I'm looking at in this concept of receiving of blessings. We, we have our, we, we, we rest in faith. We trust God. We, have, we believe that God is the giver of all these blessings. And we, and we learn to trust God. And through that, we believe, we teach, we, 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 we believe that we receive a blessing. And, and, and Christ's teaching and here they would rarefy that. <clears throat> but then, but he's telling us here to add to our faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, ye shall make they shall make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. And I'm going to stop there. We know we are undone. 
That is the only thing we have is the power of God in our lives. We, we, are, we, are, we simply look to God. But then, Paul, then Peter says that we add to that. That's what faith is, isn't it? When we, we really believe in God, we just trust God with our life. We trust that he is, that he, that he is God, that he is able to, for, to he forgives us. He accepts us the way we are. Uh, he is able to do all that. That's faith, isn't it? We, we believe God. Then Peter says, add to your faith. And Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the, the, those that mourn. Blessed are the, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. And so we see that pattern. We trust God. And then we respond to that trust. Is that what we do? Mm. A blessing, a, a, a blessing is an undeserved thing, isn't it? We bless our children because they are our children, not because they did everything right. There are times that they do something wrong. We have to recognize that. We have to say, we have to connect with that. We have to, to deal with those problems sometimes. Mm. But we still, we want to bless them. We want them to, to uh, yeah, sense a blessing and an acceptance. Mm. So that's, that's a little bit my, my, my circle, that are a little bit my, you know, in one sense. And so, yeah, let's just go on here. What I'm saying, though, is that, that we, we, we need to consider our, our responses to the blessings of God and consider of why are we, uh, why are you serving God this morning? Is it a performance we can, we can, this is what intrigued me, because I, I, I was, I, you know, I wasn't, when I started thinking these things, I didn't, you know, I was just marveling at the blessings. I was marveling at all this, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. And then I sensed all at once in my mind, I am thinking that if I can do all these things, I'm earning a blessing. I'm saying, whoa, that's not the way I want to serve God. I want to serve God because He is God. I want to be doing His will. I want to be following these this this character, these characters that are described in the in the sermon. I want to be doing these things totally out of the the depth of my heart and my my longing to be a child of God and to serve Him, not to try to be accepted by Him, because I know He accepts me. I don't have to do, I don't have to earn that. Mm. So that's one of the things. I, I, want that, I want that in my mind this morning. I want each one of us to think, of, think in this line. I think there's a difference here in the New Testament versus the Old. And I think that is why Christ is saying this in, in going through the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you have heard it been said this way, but I say it is this way. And we're going to look at those there in a minute. I think that's what he's looking for. In the Old Testament, during the time of the law, I believe that before the law was put in place, Abraham and, and many of those people, Noah, they 
their position before God was just simply, it wasn't really that much different than ours. They looked forward to, to Christ's coming. We look back that he was here. But their response, they did not live under the law uh, as it was given to Moses because it wasn't, uh, well, they didn't even know that. But they, Abraham served God because he loved God. Noah served God. He says that he, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And I would like for all of us here this morning, uh, and especially you young people this morning, think about this. What, what is that? How would you find grace in the eyes of the Lord? Noah did. Look at what God did in his life. I don't think he had, that was really his life. He, I don't think he had planned on spending 100 years building an ark in his life. <clears throat> but, uh, so I believe as we, as we, as we think that this is, my point is this, as we look at the blessings of God, let's be careful that this doesn't become a performance in our life, that our lives end up being a performance. We're just doing things, trying to appease God. That, that, that's, that's, that, is a, that doesn't work, brothers and sisters. We cannot just try to appease God. <clears throat> God wants us to respond. And then, you know, when the fruit of the Spirit, he refers to there in Galatians, and he allows, we got when the Spirit of God is working in your life, what are, what are the fruits? What is coming out of that? Joy, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, and meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Interesting how many of those things connect with the, uh, the blessings there in the Beatitudes. <clears throat> so again, just keep that, ponder that thought. What this concept of performing to receive a blessing. And if you sense that happening in your life, uh, think that thing through. Why do I am I doing this? I don't think really that I don't think there's anything wrong to pursue being a poor in spirit, being meek, and having being, you know, to, to follow these examples. I don't think there's wrong to address those and note them in our lives. And consider, but the question is, why are we doing this? Can we do? Can we live, truly live our lives totally as a service to God? Whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it for God. Then all, then my desires, what I want, what what I think is, you know, I'm trying to protect myself. Sometimes I'm trying to, yeah, I can lay those down. I can serve God. Without a fear. <clears throat> All right, the clock keeps going. Last time we looked at those, we've, we've been across some of the, the poor in spirit, the, the, the beatitudes, the, the points that we had looked at last time. Now let's, let's read across those again. Uh, the character that God is looking for, this is what it looks like. He, he, this is the blessings that he wants to give us, but he, this is what his expectations are. And again, we don't want to do these just simply to receive that blessing. We want to do these things 
We want to be this way for the sake of the kingdom. For, for our, this, is our, this is our reasonable service, as Paul writes in Romans, to be poor in spirit. To express our, the, whole, the character of God expresses itself in mourning. We, we mourn. Blessed are those that mourn for their past sins and for, the, for this sin as a whole and for, for all the things that are, that are out there that are negative. Let, let's keep it. Let, let's, no, I don't think we have to be depressed. I don't think there's any reason for us to be depressed because God is greater than these things. But those are a reality. Those that, the third point one was those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. For our, or where we are consumed. <clears throat> the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted for righteousness. And, and it refers especially to the concept of being blamed falsely for things that are wrong. That are, but we, we may be persecuted for doing what's right, or we may be persecuted simply for, and just because we're blamed for doing things that we didn't even do. But there's a blessing for those. And then there's also that calling to be a salt and a light. And we see that as the character. That, 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 that gives us a picture of the kind of people <clears throat> that, that are truly serving God and from their heart. If they're, this, is, this is coming out of their heart as a service. I'm intrigued and I you know again this outline made you think this way but we have six six times in Matthew 5 that Jesus said you know something in this line that ye have heard it was said but I say unto you and, and, and he followed, and he did that right after he gave the Beatitudes and that, that whole concept of a character that I, that I worked on at the last message, that, that character that God wants to see. And then he starts off with this. Then he, so I'm, I'm thinking this is the way that we apply. This is the way that we are actually applying these principles. Let's not take these points and just put them out there. Because I say unto you, uh, thou shalt not kill. Or you said, you have heard that it was said of them old time, thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. Then he says, but I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever will say, thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Hmm. <clears throat> Okay, and again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time, I've already talked too long but uh, to say a lot more here, but this is my point. As I looked at these, these points, here he's saying, okay, first, let, let's, let's, let's read the rest of this. We need to read this whole, the rest of this portion. Um, I'm, I'm starting in, in, in Matthew 5, verse 21, and then we're going to go all the way to the end of the chapter and finding six different points in here. Because you have heard it was said, I read that, about not, but you know, if you don't kill, we're not supposed to kill, but he says we're not even supposed to be angry with our brothers. And that, that, that brings the same judgment. Then he says in verse 23, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift 
before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly. And whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge and the judge deliver thee to the officer and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, thou shalt by no means come in out. Thence till thou hast paid the other most farthing. <clears throat> okay, this is my. This is what I'd like to. I, I think there's something. And I think uh, I found some things in these points. But if you want to live the character of God, the characters that we we talked about there in the Beatitudes, you can look at the at the uh, the virtues in Peter. You can look at the fruit of the Spirit. But you're going to be tested in your relationships. That's how we live those out is in our relationship. And the first thing that Jesus said after he gave us those beatitudes and, and told us those blessings, he said, well, now you know in the Old Testament it said that you're not supposed to kill, but I say if you're angry with your brother, you are guilty, you know, puts it in the same boat. And so what he's saying, we have to live out that character in our relationships. Be it in our homes, be it in the church, be it in, at work, among our fellow men, our neighbors sometimes. Can we, can we be that way? Can we be poor in spirit? And blessed are those that mourn, he says. Can we, be, can, we, can we be hungry and thirsting after righteousness? Be merciful, pure in heart, being peacemakers. Why did Jesus, I mean, he, he, he had six of them, six different ones that he said, uh, you, you, we have heard it said this way, but this is this way. Mm. Living out the character of God is put to its test. So are you trying to, you know, as we look at these blessings, do we realize we need these? We need to get right with God. We need to have everything clear with God. And then God can bless us. He can give us these blessings. And then we can get along with each other. I, I tend to put this thing, this idea of thou shalt not kill out there somewhere because we don't do that. Even this thing of being angry with our brother. Yeah, we're, we're upset sometimes. We have struggles sometimes. We don't always agree. Ah, we're not fighting. We're not fighting with each other, are we? But can I bring these blessings back here in my relationships and allow God to, to bless me? <clears throat> Be merciful. Be meek. Poor in spirit. And then the next one, very, very challenging. And then again, I'd like to take this much further. In verse 27, he says, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right, eye of, right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one, of them, that one of thy members should perish, and not thy whole body shall be cast into hell. 
So God, so Christ is teaching us here how to apply these, these, this, this character that receives these blessings. And first he talks to us about killing, then he talks to us about our thought life and, and keeping that lust and keeping our minds clear. We're human. The devil is out there constantly trying to destroy us and to, to distract us and to take our thoughts in all kinds of ways. And lust can, can affect us, and we're, we're different, it affects us in different ways. Different people are challenged with different things. But those things that take your mind away from, from purity and what's right and good. God wants us to have pure thoughts. God wants our thoughts. God is a holy God. Let's never get away from that, that, that simple truth. God is a holy God, and he is, he is holy, and he's righteous. And so those, those thoughts in our hearts and minds need to be pure. And so God brings this challenge. Christ brings this thought into this picture of our character and how we live out our character. And we receive God's blessings. We must allow God to direct our thoughts. Blessed are the pure in heart. And blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. And there would be more. The third one, the third one he brings into the picture is about marriage. It hath been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. And as I pondered that, why why do we bring marriage and divorce and remarriage into this? This is more of a doctrinal issue. Am Am I missing the point? Why is he bringing this into this thought of our character and how it responds? But what is he saying when we look at those Beatitudes? Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And maybe we should go on down into that concept of blessed are they which are persecuted. Am I saying there's persecution when we're married or what? No. What I'm saying is it takes commitment. If you want to be in, if you're if you're in a marriage relationship, it takes commitment. There things come up, disagreements and differences. But if you're committed to it, you can work through those things. And I believe that's what he's saying. The character of God, the character that wants to that can accept God's blessings. You know, and I think there is a teaching here. I, think, I don't think there's anything wrong with using these scriptures to look at what the Bible teaches us about divorce and remarriage. But the concept is commitment. When you're committed to something, you can resolve issues. But if you're not committed to it, the problem is never going to get fixed. You're going to have a, it's going to be there. If we are committed to something, we can resolve it. We can work through things. And that's what it takes in a marriage. And that's why Jesus brings it in here. The character that God expresses, that, that brings the blessings of God is one that's committed. You know, I've said it many times. We can't build a church without commitment. We can't be, you know, we have to be able to resolve conflict. We have to be able to work through things. If, uh, you know, if, 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 if I can't, uh, in, my, in, our mar- in my marriage, if, I, you know, if things don't go the way I want to, I'll just run away from it and I won't have anything to do with it anymore. Well, we'll never resolve that issue. And it's the same way with your relationship with God. 
you're going to have some conflict because you, our flesh will conflict with, with righteousness and truth. And so if we're committed to it, we can work through those things. But if we're not committed, we're going to run. There's a lot of people in the world that are running today. They're running away from God. They're running away from their families. They're running away from their, their wives or their husbands. And they're running away from the church. And they're running away from the government. And they're just, they, because they cannot resolve, they're not committed to it. If, if you want the blessing of God, it's going to take a commitment on your part. It's going to take a commitment towards God, his people. Blessed are the peacemakers fits into that one. I think the merciful, poor in spirit, pure in heart. <clears throat> Let's consider that. I think that's one of the, one of the principles that, that Christ is trying to teach us here. And, and, and he uses that, that uh, example, that, con- that concept of a, of, a, of a marriage versus divorce. The Old Testament, and see, that, that was one of the... In, in, in the old law, the, the Jews had come to the point where a man, and it, it basically says, uh, they got to the point where you could, a man could, for, for any reason, he decided he doesn't want his wife anymore, for any reason, he could just give her a writing of divorcement. It was required that he would give her that writing so that she was free to go do something else. <clears throat> but Jesus said, you know, that's not the way we're supposed to relate to it. He wants us to be a committed people. Committed to our relationships, committed to each other, committed to him. That takes commitment. Uh, The character that God is expressing uh, needs commitment. The fourth one is, he says, again, you have heard that it has been said by them of old time, thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. One commentary says this, The man who has always believed is he whose character is beyond suspicion in all things, who obeys all the laws of God, and whose simple declaration therefore is enough. A man that is truly a Christian and leads a Christian life does not need oaths and profaneness to make him believed. I don't know how many of you saw my status last week. I know I should have written that down. I didn't. I don't. Right now, I'm kind of blank exactly how it was worded. But so much, it was about integrity. You don't. You don't. Uh, you don't just just receive integrity. It is achieved by always do always being honest. Again, that's not the correct words, but that was what the men and that was. Interesting, I found that on the walls in the hospital as a, as a, as a motto. <clears throat> very, very interesting, intriguing thought to me. We don't just go out and get it, and now, we, now we're all once, we're all once we're in, we're, we have integrity. No, we have it by living that way. And that's what he's talking about here, and that's what the character that he's talking about here in Matthew 5 is a life of integrity, an honest life. You can, you can live a quiet, you can live your own life. You can live a very false life. We can, we can be one, one thing outside and something else inside very easily. We've all done it. Oh, I have. I think, I think you did too. <clears throat> but God wants us to be honest. 
Now, that doesn't mean we can just go out and do whatever we feel like doing, and then, God, that's okay. No, God is saying, we want the blessings of God. We, we, we follow after these righteousness and truth. We, we have this character that God wants, but that, that character is one of honesty, one of integrity. That character is one that we, 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 we surrender our lives to a point where the Holy Spirit is guiding and leading us, and we are not living after the flesh, and we are not doing our own things. And that is real. Our flesh comes up at times. We respond to things at times, but then we can re- there's repentance. There's, there's strength to be strong and to do what's right. We don't have to... The, this thing of, of cursing, of, of oaths and swearing... No, I'm not really talking about cursing here. I'm talking about swearing and, and oaths. To, trying to, to establish something solid and strong really does not... That, that's not what God... That's not the character that God is looking for as, to bless. It's the one that is... That's who you are inside. You are honest. You are broken. You are, you just, you, that's who you are. Okay, we need to move on, finish this up. There's four, there were six points. That was four of them. The fifth one, he says, You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. If any man will sue thee at the law, take away and take away thy coat. Let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. And give to him that asketh of thee. And from him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not away. <clears throat> eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Retaliation. Where does that fit in? Can you fit that in anywhere in those Beatitudes, that character that God described there, or Christ did, the poor in spirit, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, persecuted for righteousness' sake, being a salt and a light. They don't fit. It simply doesn't fit. God wants us to be people of grace. People of forgiveness. He wants to give us the strength to be that type of person. That's the blessing. That's the character. And so he teaches us that. He tells us, well, in the old law, it was an eye for an eye. It was justice. Now we are a people of mercy. When we are, when we are used wrong, we want mercy. We, want, we, don't, we are not looking for justice. We're looking for mercy. God is a just God, and there is justice for those that do wrong. But that's not our problem. It's not our responsibility. We are to be a people with a heart of mercy, forgiveness, and grace. And that's what he's teaching us here. If you want a man to sue thee at the law, take away thy coat, give him thy cloak. If he compels thee to go a mile, go with him twain. If he borrows from thee, ask not again. Don't turn him away. Be a, be a person that gives and accepts <clears throat> one of grace and forgiveness. That's the character. And I, I like those, I just love those pictures. And I, you know, I, those, these differences. And as I think that, there are, that this is a connection here. The last one. Verse 43, it says, You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. 
But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his sun to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Then in verse 46 he says, For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the public against the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than the others? Do not even the publicans the same. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. <clears throat> the character that I find in, in, this, in this Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, in these Beatitudes, is a, is a character of unconditional love. That's the kind of character that God is, is expressing to us. One that is peacemaker, one that is meek, one that is, the, you know, the, the poor in spirit, the one merciful, the pure in heart. And that's what, that's what Jesus taught us here, as he said, you love our neighbor. Uh, in the Old Testament, he just said, you're supposed to love your neighbor. He says, that when, when he teaches us to love our enemies, that goes beyond our nature. That goes beyond the norm, the common. There, there, that, there, that has to be something that's from God. And that's the character. A character of unconditional love. And we think of all these other, you know, this, this list of these different ways that we apply that character, that where, where that's, that's, the, the, that's, what, that's what it is. And as I ponder those areas, I know but I have a lot to learn. That I have a lot of things that I can say things, but then I have to do that. So, pretty soon, I'm going to be trying to do these things. I am going to be the kind of person that is poor in spirit, and I am going to act like that. And I am going to be a person that mourns, and I'm going to act like that. And I can go on down that list. And then I'm a performer. And God has said, look at that guy down there. He's trying to do all those things all on his own. And he, can't, and he ain't getting it done either. Or do I grasp who God is? And I build up that relationship with God. And he gives me the strengths. And the Holy Spirit works in my life. And he gives me the power that the fruit of the Spirit is a part of my life. And then I'm not performing. I am simply letting God do things in my life. And I receive those blessings that God wants to give me. I didn't earn them. The only way I could do that, that I, was, that I was able to receive those as blessings, was through the power of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. That was the only way I was able to do it to start. And so now God is doing things in my life, and he's giving me that power, and I can live out this character, and I can relate to my fellow man in that way my brother that offended me 
in my relationships, in my marriage, in my family, in relating to other people, and in, in, the, in my words, my integrity. I'm not performing. I'm simply living out the power of God in my life. So that's what I want for you this morning. <clears throat> As I pondered this, these messages, and that's why I, 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 I just, I got to the point where I was afraid. I, I'm asking somebody, I'm encouraging somebody somehow to just work a little harder. To do everything right so you can receive these blessings and be in this kingdom. And I don't want that this morning. I want you, each one of us here, I want you this morning to reach out to the power of God in your life. And I want you to reach out and allow that Holy Spirit to give you the power to live out those fruits of the Spirit. And these blessings are going to come. You're going to see these things in your life. And you're going to, and it's going to make a difference. Hmm. All of these other things that we were trying so hard to get just right are going to... When our focus is on serving God, that's what we're trying to do. And when we fail in those areas, we know God's grace is sufficient. He gives us the strength to to respond. We don't have to be discouraged. We don't have to give up. We just keep on. Because it's not that we weren't quite good enough. It's because... We, we needed more of God. And yes, maybe we did make some failures, but it's, again, it's not because we're, we, if, we're not, if we're trying to do this thing on our own, we're always going to come out inadequate. We're never going to quite accomplish it. But we recognize that God gives us this power. We're depending on Him. We allow Him to give us these things. And we surrender. We keep, our focus is on surrendering. Our focus is on giving up and allowing God to do these things. He can do it. I believe that with all my heart. And that's what I want for all of us here this morning. Let's apply it, that godly character. Let's allow God to, to give us the strength to do that and apply those things in our daily lives and the way we relate to each other. I think that was what Christ was teaching us to do. God bless each one of you. Again, may we be faithful. Uh, good to be here with you all this morning. Let's kneel for a word of prayer.